Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Tara here. Indigenous Peoples Day is a holiday that celebrates and honors Native American peoples and commemorates their histories and cultures. It is celebrated across the United States on the second Monday in October and is an official city and state holiday in various locations. It began as a counter celebration held on the same day as the U.S. federal holiday of Columbus Day and is becoming a means of teaching Native American history while working to dismantle colonialism. Author Dr. Debbie Reese, tribally enrolled as Nambe Pueblo, says this. In fact, if you think about it, every children's book that is set on this continent, that book is set on what used to be native lands. If we hold that fact front and center every time we pick up a book that is set on this continent, How might that change how we view children's literature? How might that shape that literature as we move into the future? I don't know. It's hard to think about, but I want to think about it. I think we should think about it. To listen to Dr. Debbie Reese's lecture that includes this quote, go to www.pbswisconsin.org. Holy Shenanigans. These are stories to surprise, encourage, redirect, and sometimes turn life upside down, all in the name of love. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. I invite you to join me on the unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Today's episode is called Conflict is My Friend. This week's Bible story finds Jesus once more in a battle of wits with the religious leaders of the day. They are so determined to discredit Jesus that in this argument, they give up on religious or theological questions 
and take a turn to everyone's favorite hot topic, taxes. As you might figure, the people questioning Jesus don't really care to learn the answer to their question about taxes, but it is their hope that Jesus' answer will give them legal grounds to discredit him and get him in trouble with the ruling powers of Rome. I imagine they expect Jesus to say, don't pay taxes or something that rebels against the law of the day. But Jesus, wise to their scheming, flips the script of their question. They try to trap him, but Jesus asks them, whose picture is on this money? And they respond, the emperor. So Jesus says, give the emperor the things that are his. Give God the things that are God's. In this story, we have an example of something called dualistic thinking. So dualistic thinking is a way that some people think and act that focuses on us versus them. It brings people who think this way the internal comfort to know that they are part of an inner circle. They feel reassured that their thoughts are the correct ones and feel vindicated that they are right and others are wrong. In this debate, Jesus' response refutes the religious leaders that are trying to trap him. Jesus calls them out on their bias and their dualistic thinking. To read more about this story, check out Matthew 22, verses 15 through 22. One of my favorite teachers on dualistic versus non-dualistic thinking is Richard Rohr, and he says this, Non-dualistic thinking is defined as our ability to read reality in a way that is not judgmental, in a way that is not exclusionary of the part that we don't understand. He goes on to say, reality is not totally one, but not totally two either. Stay with that necessary dilemma, and it can make you wise. In dualistic thought, Something or someone is right or wrong based on the fact if they think or believe the same thing as you. In non-dualistic thought, the fact that we don't know all the answers is central. As Shakespeare said, nothing is either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Take note here that there are many resources written about the process of human development, and there is only time to touch on this topic in today's podcast. But as I think about this Jesus story and about the human process of growth from immature dualistic black or white thought to mature non-dualistic lots of gray thinking, I'm reminded of a story from my own life. This story is one of flipping the thinking of my mind, flipping that script of judgment to one that leads to grace. My spiritual journey has been one of great shifts, challenge, and growth. Even as I share these personal stories with you today, I admit that I don't have all the answers. What I do have are my authentic experiences of how a shift from judgment to grace has impacted my life. Our environment and upbringing impacts our thinking and perspectives greatly, some for good and some not for good. There are many things I'm grateful for in my youth, loving parents, a deep connection to a faith community, and encouragement to learn and read and read and read some more. What I'm trying to say is this. This week's story is one that describes a moment of tension and growth, learning and shifts from dualistic thinking to more non-dualistic thinking. Once upon a time, 
My political and theological ideas were quite different than they are today. I tended to be more focused on who and what was right and wrong, and if I thought you were in the wrong, I was determined to convince you that you were wrong. At that time, I would have said that my critical approach came from a place of love and concern, but today I think there was, and probably still is, a part of me that likes to be right. When I was in high school, I met a foreign exchange student at school. When we met, my experience with any sort of cultural or ethnic diversity was quite lacking. This was not a globalized environment. To say that this exchange student's perspectives on religion and politics was different from mine is an understatement. We were about as opposite as could be. In fact, my memory is a little fuzzy as to how we actually started talking with each other. I think it had something to do with art. Besides the fact that there are about only 100 students in each class at this rural high school, it might have been something as simple as a statistical possibility that we started to talk. But if you know anything about me from listening to this podcast so far, I think holy shenanigans might have had something to do with it. So in lunch or in a debate club, yes, I was a debate club kid. Or maybe, I think, art class. B and I met. And though it might sound odd to imagine 16 or 17-year-olds having such conversations, we talked about things like the sanctity of life, atheism, belief in God, favorite artists, writers, and more. Like I said, I was a nerdy debate art and religion kid. While we usually kept our debates to a civil low roar, there were times that things would get heated, when I felt my point was not being accepted as gospel truth. I wanted to be right, but so did my friend. So we were caught in the tension of various perspectives that seemed a world apart. One day B asked me a rather unexpected question. It was not about politics, religion, or philosophy. B asked me to go to the prom with him. What? Wait a minute. While you might expect my answer to be a resounding no, I said yes. We dressed up. We danced. We had our photo taken that historically marks this odd couple moment. We even went to an after-prom party at his exchange host's home. Did we debate and argue at the prom? Yes. Did we still have fun together? Yes. Did we have a romance for the ages? No. What I did receive from this relationship with someone so different from me was a lesson in friendship, listening, and a primer on how to take a few steps towards non-dualistic thinking. Through this international friendship, I learned that different is not good or bad. Different is just different. Thanks to B for this lesson. Thanks for being a good friend. Thank you for taking me to prom. I have a few holy shenanigans questions for you this week. Can you think of a time that you were caught in the tension of bad or good or dualistic thought? What did you do to resolve that tension? Have you ever come to the place of Shakespeare's nothing is either good or bad but thinking makes it so. How has conflict 
been good? How has conflict been a good friend? Epilogue on this real-life story. Many years after B went home to Europe, I found myself reflecting on our friendship. Deep down, I had a sense of guilt at how aggressive I had been in our debates. How might I have felt if someone had judged me so harshly? This friendship had been a gift of grace. He asked me to be his friend. He took me to prom. And I wanted the chance to tell him I was grateful for him being in my life. Through the powers of social media, I had the opportunity to reconnect with him and to write him and to say our friendship had been important to me, that I was sorry if I'd been hurtful. He said this, I think people should argue. It's a good way of challenging your own beliefs by talking to someone who has another view. This is quite true. Hey B, let's keep talking. This week's poem, Conflict, My Friend. Conflict can be a friend. What do I think? How do I think? Someone might think something different than me. Someone thinks something different than me. Someone thinks differently. What do you think? How do you think? I might think something different than you. I think something different than you. I think differently. Thanks to conflict. Thanks to senior prom. Thanks to be. Conflict is a friend. If we listen. My name is Tara, and this is Holy Shenanigans. Thank you for joining me for this episode of unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Until next time, may your debates help you to learn. May you be okay knowing we don't have all the answers. May conflict surprise you with new friendships that enrich the holy shenanigans of your amazing life. Thank you.